0: So We Met Online.
1: This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between the world of online dating. I'm Erica. And I'm Chris.
0: Welcome to So We Met Online. If you're looking for more information, find us online at sowemetonline.com and all social media at So We Met Online. This week's episode is sponsored by Complete Start, the makers of delicious plant-based instant breakfast shakes.
1: So, we met online, and she cheated on me.
0: Come on.
1: I know. What Wait, a was way there to... a yada,
0: yada, yada in there?
1: No, there's no yada, yada, yada. She just cheated on me. Okay, so the real story is, is that I was dating somebody, and we had been together for, I'd say, three months, and...
0: Let's go back for a minute. Okay.
1: You met. See, the children don't know what that sound means. <laughs> that's that's Not... so we met backwards. We reversed. Reverse, rewind, <laughs> forward. So we met online. Yes, we were exclusive. She cheated on me. Is that a better start? Oh,
0: my God. I didn't have you on like the four fast forward.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. So you met online. You went out. You decided at some point within that
1: three months, it sounds like, to be
0: exclusive. Yes. At what point?
1: Probably like about the fourth date. Okay. And that was so you, you had know, maybe the words, two weeks words. Yeah, we had the exclusive. conversation. Because, exclusive.
0: because there are sometimes misunderstandings about that where I find that People, if they don't use explicit language like exclusive, do not see other people, right? Take down your profile, the other can yeah. sometimes play dumb. Oh, well, I didn't know that's what that meant.
1: Unfortunately, I have actually been cheated on a few times, which is very hard, I think, for a lot of women to realize that you know, I say, Hey, I've been cheated on, and you know the typical response is, "Oh, women don't cheat," but un-
0: or what did you do? Yeah, or what did
1: you do? Terrible. Why did they cheat that on is, you? That is um, terrible. But to that point, you know, we've had the conversation around having the uh, "Are we exclusive?" talk, and I did not have that conversation once, and I did believe at at, mm-hmm. at a point in time we were exclusive, only to find out that. I agreed to be exclusive and she never agreed to be exclusive. Right. And so then we had this mismatch. Exactly. That's not this situation. In this particular situation, we did have the conversation. Okay. We did agree. Our Facebook profile actually said, in the relationship with each other, it oh was my. the thing. It was official, social, official, and all. Wow. Okay. But she still cheated on me. <laughs> um, but leading up to that, I started to notice things. And I think some of these things things are very familiar to some of our listeners such as they're always on their phone or i walk into the room and when i walk into the room they put their phone away or they quickly turn off their phone oh i wasn't doing anything or they take their phone to the bathroom <laughs> or, or any number of combination of things that we've all heard before which don't necessarily indicate that somebody's cheating but they are Potential concerns
0: at the very least. It's kind of rude,
1: (laughs) right? At the very least. It's rude So I basically discovered through social media that she was having a relationship with somebody else How you
0: saw a picture?
1: Yeah. Yeah, actually Crazy as it is the guy posted a comment on one of her posts on her Facebook wall I went to visit his profile on his profile. Everything was public not private and there were pictures of them together and doing things, going on dates when she said that she was, like, you from, know, doing other things. From
0: before you were together? No,
1: while we were together. So now we're talking about just dumb people who are cheating. But it's basically, yeah, privacy, uh, you know, was not set on Facebook. And so I found <laughs> it. Anyway... All of those things that she was doing was having a big impact
0: on me. You mean the hiding of the phone thing? Yeah,
1: hiding of the phones. We'll focus on one particular item, which is I would walk into the room, and as soon as I walk into the room, she would turn off her phone. Mm.
0: That's like when, you know, you practice closing tabs when your boss walks by. Exactly. It's the same thing. Same concept. I mean, obviously, they know you're on Us Weekly. I mean, um, (laughs) checking your stock portfolio.
1: (laughs) So I began to associate the walking into the room and turning off your phone as something's going on. Now, let's fast forward. I entered into a new relationship.
0: Wait, well, I guess we're not talking about how you approached her about the cheating.
1: Oh, I don't. Because this
0: episode is about something else.
1: Yes. I think this episode is going to be about something a little different than cheating or conflict resolution. (laughs) So it's the
0: fact (laughs) that you now associate, because she was cheating, let me just make sure I understand. Because she was cheating, you now associate the walk into the room, hide the phone you have a negative association with that because to you, you have like a Pavlovian reaction with cheating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let's call this episode Triggers. Okay. Okay. This is a whole conversation about how we get triggered based on past relationships or past experiences. Got it. And how those triggers potentially affect Mm. our new relationships. So Fast forward, I got out of that relationship because I basically called her out on cheating and I printed out the pictures and I showed her and, you know, but that's besides the point. So I got into another relationship.
0: (laughs) He'll be working for the FBI next.
1: I got into the next relationship and she was basically turning off her phone when I walked in. Uh Uh-huh. Now, my first instinct was... Cheating. What are you hiding? Right. Right. Are you cheating? were
0: triggered by that
1: because that was my trigger i think there are a lot of other triggers that we can dive into but i had that as a huge problem now i'm going to fast forward to another relationship mm-hmm. and in that relationship i was turning off the phone when somebody walked in i wasn't cheating but they had the exact same trigger mm-hmm. and they called me on it and they said Basically, what are you doing? Because they had experienced a similar thing in a relationship as well, Mm -hmm. one that I could very easily understand and recognize. So I had a conversation with her and I said, oh, I completely understand what you are talking about. Mm -hmm. Now for me, I explained it as this. I said, look, when you walk into the room, what I'm doing on the phone has no importance. I wanna focus all of my attention on you it's rude for me to be on my phone. And now that you're in the room, I want to dedicate my attention right to you and talk to you and be present with you. But I can completely understand how that was triggering her mm-hmm. as potentially being a problem. That and I was she, was you, and yes. she was honest with you. And she was honest with me. About I think
0: that's that. the only thing you can do. Just be honest with the new person. And if it's really new, you don't necessarily have to go into all of the implications, but just, you can even just say, because I think think trigger is a word Mm -hmm. people know. And if not, well, we'll send them to this episode. But but you can say that's a bit of a trigger for me. I'm happy to talk more about it, but I had an experience and uh, it triggers me.
1: So this is a pretty short story, but... How about let's take a quick break, and then when we get back from the break, let's talk about a couple of different types of triggers and maybe kind of talk like what you were just saying, what are different ways that we could potentially get through that in relationships so that they aren't problems?
0: Okay. This week's episode is sponsored by Complete Start, the makers of delicious plant-based instant breakfast shakes. Now you have more time in the morning to sleep, get ready, walk the dog. You don't have to sacrifice your health for convenience. Complete Start mixes instantly in your favorite milk or water, so you can take it on the go. Comes in three flavors: Super Greens with a hint of vanilla, Rich Mocha, and Peanut Butter Banana. I'm personally a fan of the Rich Mocha, that are really good and really good for you. Go to completestart.com and use the code SWMO So We Met Online for 10% off your first order.
1: So just before the break, we were talking about triggers and how triggers may have a negative impact Mm -hmm. in future relationships. Do you
0: have any other ones? Uh, I mean, you don't have to share. I'm trying to think if I do.
1: So it's interesting that you asked me that because I would think that instinctually you mentioned like Pablo's dog. I, I I think instinctually it's always there. I Mm -hmm. still kind of struggle.
0: Oh, the phone thing? Oh,
1: yeah. The phone thing.
0: Do you have other ones? Not necessarily from that relationship. Well,
1: I'll get into that. But I think they are instinctually there. And I have to physically almost restrain myself Mm -hmm. and remind myself, wait a second. This is a new person. Mm -hmm. I have to give them the benefit of the doubt. I have to trust them Mm -hmm. until they prove otherwise to me. Mm -hmm. So even though I am extremely tense inside because of what I'm witnessing. I can't let that impact my relationship. And I know that there are several people out there who would probably really even potentially start an argument with probably. the person because of those past experiences. Yet,
0: that person has no idea right. why it bothers right. you.
1: So I'll give you another example for me. It's not even just turning off the phone when I enter the room. It may be just you being on the phone when I'm away. So what I mean by that is I was uh, on a date. I actually went to the restroom. When I came back from the restroom, they're on their phone. I see that they're on their phone. Huge pet peeve. Right. And so now I'm walking back to the table for the date. And they're then putting their Mm -hmm. phone away. In that scenario, it's not them putting the phone away. It's that they're on the phone when I'm gone.
0: Yeah. So that's actually a pet peeve of mine. And something I tell to my clients is either don't check your phone when the other person is in the bathroom or make sure you check it for a hot second and then put it away (laughs) because you uh, immediately you think they're making other plans. They're texting someone else. And it just is rude. And people use their phone. As a crutch now, because God forbid you should observe what's around you or talk to strangers. So I encourage as as kind of a an exercise between this episode and the next one. So for the next two weeks, anytime anyone gets up to use the restroom, I don't care if it's a friend, a date, child, your mother, whoever it is. Just sit and observe and drink your tea and see what's going on around you. And even if they don't say anything, the person you're with... We'll be much more relaxed because of it.
1: Yep. Now, okay, how do we combat some of this? And there's a couple of things that I can share in regards to on a date, I go to the restroom, I come back, and you're on the phone. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I've even been guilty, my date goes to the restroom, I get out my phone. Yeah.
0: Well, I um, actually say, anything good?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can call them out. I on make, it, a right? it. make a joke about it, right? Make a joke. And it's um, usually
0: always oh, checking the sports score. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are still some scenarios that are also acceptable. Say you're dating somebody with kids, of and you want to check in on the babysitter or of something course. along those lines. But even in that case,
0: I would tell the person before they exactly. get up.
1: Exactly. Yep. I would say I'm going to
0: call the babysitter. Right.
1: I'm I'm just looking, or to not have an additional trigger, keep the phone open all the way until the point where they sit down, and then say. I'm sorry, I'm, you know, I'm just checking in on the babysitter. I'm just checking on this so that you know. I agree with you.
0: But this is a trigger for you and it's a pet peeve for me. Yes. That's not true for everyone. I know you you actually sent me a list of not necessarily your triggers, but triggers you've seen or heard. So what are they? I have here, you said posting stuff online for attention or using social media to flirt.
1: Yep. So that is actually a trigger for me. And that stems from a relationship that I once had where the woman who I was with was posting all of this stuff about us. And just to be clear, I'm not a big fan of posting personal stuff online, and I'm definitely not a fan of posting things like where I'm at in a given moment. Like, for instance, I'm in you know, I'm in Utah right now, but uh, I might not say that I'm in Utah until next week. I understand. <laughs> like, you know, I don't necessarily want people to know exactly where you I mean am. You mean you don't want exact- someone
0: saying, oh, he's out of town. Let's rob him. Right.
1: <laughs> exactly. That kind of stuff. But in this particular case, the trigger is when you are using social media to publish a bunch of stuff about our personal lives for your own sort of selfish benefit. I, this is going to sound really weird, but almost it makes me feel almost like, oh, I'm a prize. Look, Chris, I've got Chris. Or, hey.
0: Well, that's sort of a compliment. You no,
1: know, It is, but especially when it comes to things like romantic gestures or things that I do, that's for it's them. Private. That's it's private. Pri- I, I don't need you to like broadcast to the world that I brought you flowers because you want to make other people jealous. Right. I agree. You know, it it just. Well, then you have to wonder. Right. What is their intention? Exactly. Is there. Why are they in the relationship just for the social media? (laughs) Exactly. You've got it. So that's a trigger for me.
0: We also have here saying I love you to get validation back.
1: I think this is a big issue, not only for me, but for a lot of people. My belief is, is that if you are truly in love with somebody and I hope. Actually, I know that in a future episode, we're going to talk about love as a choice, not as a feeling. That's Mm. going to be actually a topic. But I know that there are a lot of people that need to hear I love you to feel as if the relationship is valid. Well... And I believe that if you are in a genuine relationship where there is genuine love between you, you don't necessarily have to say it.
0: uh, I'm actually going to disagree here. Okay. Because... I mean, we've talked about the five love
1: languages, right? Yes, and but the five love languages isn't saying I love you.
0: Saying I love you are words of affirmation.
1: Words of affirmation can still be, I appreciate you. I'm glad that you're in my life. I enjoy spending time with you. I want to see as, you.
0: As someone whose love language is primarily words of affirmation, I can tell you that I appreciate you does not have the same meaning as i love you well if i'm in a relationship where there is love my intentions are pure when they want when i want my partner to tell me he loves me so i just think it's interesting that you see that as a trigger maybe i don't know
1: so you you had a key word in a mutual relationship where it goes both ways but what if you were in a relationship that may not go both ways and you had a partner that was always saying i love you just so that They could get you to say it back. Yikes. Exactly. So I I think we're teetering on some concepts like codependency. Sure. Attachment attachment
0: theory. Attachment,
1: right. Where I'm now saying it just so that I can get that confirmation back that Mm. things are okay.
0: Have you had that happen to you?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, You also wrote, oh, this one is a good one. Not introducing someone as your boyfriend or girlfriend.
1: Have you had that? Uh... Like, hey, let me introduce you to Erica. She's my cousin. Things, um, it's awful. I
0: don't know if that's ever happened to me, so...
1: I have actually had people tell me that, you know, they go out or whatever and they introduce somebody as, like, their cousin or... That's
0: ridiculous.
1: Sister, boyfriend. That would be the I end. Mean, no, sister, not boyfriend. brother.
0: Sometimes you're in a group and you haven't discussed what to call the other person, so... Okay. In that case, I would probably just say, hey, this is Joe.
1: So I had that happen recently where I went to meet some coworkers and they said, so this is Chris my 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 guy. Well <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was really your, cute. Your plumber? Yeah, this is my guy. I, he's like go-to guy for everything.
0: Mm, he's my handyman yeah. in more the ways than one. Whoa. Um actually I think that along the lines of the exclusivity talk, I actually think it should be a conversation about what do we call each other when we're introducing each other. I'd walk out the door if I had a boyfriend and he said, this is my cousin. <laughs> Honestly, that would be the end.
1: But I think this could be a whole conversation within itself. I know there's a lot of people who don't want even those labels, right? Well, I like, so, like, I like the said.
0: label of partner,
1: Okay, partner, but I'm even saying like when you introduce me, I have an identity. So introduce me as this is Erica. Right. Or do I say this is Erica, my partner, or this is Erica, my girlfriend, or this is, e-, right? Are you fully defining well, everything that you It's say? also
0: what you, who's the audience? Because it's also what do you want your audience to know? Because if you're in a setting with coworkers where you don't really want them to know about your personal life, Well, I guess I don't know why you would bring your partner anyway then, but you might say something different than if you're in a social setting of friends or new people or something like that.
1: But I do know that this is a trigger for people Mm -hmm. that if I was to introduce somebody as their name, that might be frustrating to them as opposed to saying, this is my girlfriend.
0: It can certainly be awkward and I've definitely been there. Uh, You also said texting frequencies or types of text messages change what does that mean
1: i can see this in uh, you know really any type of scenario It, it has a tendency to affect me because i have seen it in past relationships where, again, as maybe as an example is we are texting every day. There's typically text messages at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, maybe throughout the day. Uh, how are you doing? You know, thinking of you, all that kind of stuff. And then as those text messages start to change, like, oh, there's no more good morning text mm. or there's no more good night text or the texting frequency starts to dwindle, you immediately begin to think, Something's wrong.
0: Because that has happened. Right,
1: because that has happened.
0: And then you have, I could talk about this a little bit. Your partner makes suggestions on how to change you. Yep. So I have a few triggers. Yeah. I won't say where they come from, but I don't like to be told how my food should be eaten. I (laughs) I know that sounds ridiculous. Just without context, that sounds ridiculous. But there was a situation, there was a soy sauce sitch (laughs) once. (laughs) I enjoy my food how I enjoy my food, with as little or as much sauce or as well done or as rare as I want it. It brings something up for me, and I don't want anyone telling me how I should be eating my food. Mm -hmm. So that one is really important to me.
1: And to carry on, if you were on a date, and during that date, your date basically said That's not how you eat. You're Right. You don't eat. I would
0: actually say, please don't tell me how I enjoy my food, which would probably be the end, but so be it. Yeah. And I know that sounds like a strange trigger, but triggers are triggers for a reason because they have kind of done something to you.
1: That goes on to the next sort of topic. And we can come back to this if you've got some more examples. But the next part of that is, is that fair?
0: Sorry, I have one more. (laughs) Okay, go on. Don't ever shush me. No. Stop it. punch you. That's a trigger for me.
1: Yeah. I would think that's a trigger for me too.
0: Well, it's just rude. We're both not quiet people. Right. But I don't want to be shushed. If I'm in a place where people can talk, okay, if it's a library, that's one thing. Or a Broadway musical, which I would never talk. Yeah. Well. But if I'm in a public place where people, are meant to be talking, don't shush me.
1: Yep. So we have triggers. The next part of this conversation, though, is how do we discuss these triggers in our new relationships? Well,
0: I don't think, I mean, triggers are pretty latent until they come out, right? Sure. So I actually don't think they need to be discussed until it happens because I personally, I don't know about you, I'm not thinking about the triggers if they're not happening. Are you?
1: No, I agree with you. I don't think, I'm not thinking about them until they happen for sure.
0: I think it's very similar to when you have someone in a professional way working for you and you have to give pretty immediate feedback. So I've managed different people, both when I was at Fannie Mae and in my current job, A Little Nudge, I've had people work for me. And I've learned that I have to give immediate feedback so it doesn't surprise the person later when i have something to say mm-hmm. positive and constructive feedback so if something bothers me i will say it if i love something i will say it and the same concept is true in relationships it makes for a better relationship if you're able to give immediate feedback so if that thing happens that trigger i would bring it up at that moment and say you know what as i said before that's a bit of a trigger for me you can share as much or as not depending on what you're comfortable with at that time and Move along. But don't forget the positive stuff, too. Like when your partner does something you really like, don't forget to say, I really like that thing you did.
1: Yeah. Which we don't do enough. I I agree. I think people focus
0: on judging. It's really important to do both.
1: Yeah. Now, how does time in the relationship apply to these triggers, though? I think it's less time.
0: It's more comfort.
1: Well, hold on. So if, if you're on a first date and the guy shushes you on the first date how would you respond as opposed to you've been dating for a month and then he shushes you for the first time you know two months in or whatever how do you respond
0: on the first date i would probably not want to see him again right because i always talk about data points we only have a certain amount of data points certain number of data points so on a first date you have one (laughs) the date so if someone is going to shush me on date number one well, that's bad. Right. That means that's part of their shtick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if so, first of all, stop it. Never shush me.
1: <laughs> um,
0: really. It just... Mm, Gets you. It really does. Yeah. It, it's demeaning. Yeah, it diminishes yeah, yeah. what I'm saying. And it's embarrassing.
1: yeah. Yeah, anyway, true. yep, totally.
0: But if it's later in the relationship, you've already built something, you've built a baseline, you've built a framework. So you have a lot more data points on this person and you know them better. Mm-hmm. And you know this is not the thing they do. So at that point I would say, you know what, please don't do that. I had a bad experience with it, and I just I really don't like it. It makes me feel yeah. it makes me feel belittled. And people do respond well when you said when you X, it makes me feel Y. So when you shush me it makes me you, It makes me feel like you think what I'm saying isn't important. Right. And people generally react better to not something like, don't do that, but more, it has an impact on me and here's why.
1: Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it boils down to the thing that we promote the most, communication.
0: Absolutely. You communication. have to
1: have that conversation, explain why things are triggering you in certain ways. And still give somebody the benefit of the doubt they're not the person who basically installed that trigger in you.
0: Do you think there's a way, and maybe this is a rhetorical question, but do you think there's a way to prevent the trigger in the first place? Like, let's say the first time you ever saw the woman in your story who cheated on you, put her phone away. What if you had called her out right at the beginning and said, hey, what's going on? Do you think it would have become a trigger for you? And I know you can't answer that. You can't go back in time.
1: Yeah, I I mean, again, I think it really still boils down to the experiences that we live in life are what makes those become a reality. Uh, We are talking about triggers in the context of a relationship, Mm -hmm. but every one of us lives
0: with with
1: triggers that have nothing to do with relationships.
0: Families, friends, ourselves, work. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So can those be prevented? No. I think the key for this is understand that everybody has them and be able to adapt to them. Chris? Yes. Shh. (laughs) Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening.